Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the USL show. Look, it's officially here. It's the end of the season. League one, Kings have been crowned. The Queens of the W League have been crowned. The Kings of League two have been crowned. And finally, the mentality monsters get their crown. San Antonio win the USL championship. And it's been incredible. But there's also been some other stuff going on, too. People have been uh, noticing some stuff going on with New York City FC, which does unfortunately affect us with Cranesboro. Um, We can dive into that once we know a little bit more. Um, We have signings happening. Uh, El Paso has decided to promote uh, Hutchinson, which... You know, it would have been nice to have Phil on to talk about it, but if you want to hear more about that, check out Seriously Loco. Um, and also, from one of our favorite uh, Mexicans from El Salvador, uh, Gio has joined us for the first time in a long time, who is, um, I, we've heard there's been a promotion, a new job. There, there has been a big, big job, actually. Um, as of December 1st, I'll officially be working with my Greenville Triumph. So that's super exciting. Uh, I'm excited to get started. I worked a little bit last week with them and uh, got some fun, uh, heard some fun things that I can't repeat out loud. Uh, but a lot of fun things in store, and I'm just excited to work with the club that I've loved so dearly for four years. And this fifth season will be a big one, and I'm excited to be part of it. Yeah, I mean, it was super exciting when we got to see uh, we got to see the news. Grant, you also gave us the little the little teaser a while back. But whenever we officially got the news, we were all super stoked. Um, anybody who's wondering about my Mexican from El Salvador comment, please just go back to like Halloween and check out uh, <laughs> Geo's tweet. He hasn't been here since then. It absolutely incredible stuff going on, <laughs> but. Listen, we have a whole lot to talk about. Maybe a long episode, maybe a short episode, but we will absolutely talk about the final. So don't worry. Um, you know, Harry, Robert, all of you guys will definitely uh, get your moment in the sunshine because you deserve it. But Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing okay tonight. How are you today? Doing all right. Cannot complain. Cannot complain. It's been a pretty good day. Um, yes. Uh, thank you for the happy birthday in the chat. Appreciate it. Um Happy and, birthday. Uh, happy birthday. Appreciate it, guys. And uh, Alan, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, we've been uh, living the adulting life of things breaking around the house. So uh, we have purchased a new fence as my dog pushes through the door. Hey, bro. Uh, <laughs> we've had to replace a water heater. Uh, so we're adulting hardcore uh, this past week. Uh, but marching band's doing well. The kids are playing well. And it's the last week of the marching band season. So it's just like everything ending is just kind of like right into Thanksgiving break. It's going to be great. See, all the high schools, they're just having to deal with high school playoffs now. The marching season's been – the actual marching season's been done for a couple weeks, and it's been fantastic. I did think you had a demon-like ghost moment for a second. From our angle, we did not see a dog. So it was just doors opening. So a little concerned. Oh, precious. <laughs> man but look we need to talk about the finals and 
I want to uh, go over straight to you, Ryan, because you talked about something and you've been posting about it. This was one of those matches that whoever won, as long as it's an extra time or in uh, regular time, they were going to be the best team in USL uh, championship history. And then San Antonio dominated. Yeah, uh, I've posted on my Twitter account, which we've also reposted on the uh, USL show account, but uh, San Antonio ended the season with a 1258 rating, which is the highest ever end rating a team has ever had in my ELO. And it's like undeniably the best team that we've probably ever seen within the USL championship to date since 2011. And honestly, but it's so funny because when we when we originally talked about it, you know, if Louisville had won, they would have been the best in history. And Louisville was a great, great team all year long. But as it turns out, going into San Antonio is an absolute buzzsaw, which they had their uh, big – it's not really a parade. Um, they were having a party down in San Antonio. Um, I can't think of the last time I've just seen everybody get around and just – have a DJ and just party for a championship, but I want that to become the new norm. I absolutely enjoyed the crap out of that. That seems pretty sick. But yeah, I mean, there's been, there was a lot of conversation around that and San Antonio. Yeah, absolutely dominated part of that though. And this is fully giving their flowers to San Antonio, but it needs to be talked about on the Louisville side first, I think. Louisville came out and completely changed their tactics from what they normally play. Um, they went from their normal four at the back system to going to a three at the back system. They kept pushing up their wing backs. Uh, Diaz, maybe not as much, um, but kind of going into this random thing of trying to attack the wings, uh, starting Cameron Lancaster, even though he had only played what. 20 minutes in the last two months uh, over Wilson Harris, who uh, allegedly that decision was made thanks to injury, but it's still not what you want to do. If you are Louisville city, I mean, I, whoever wants to jump in first, whenever you're coming into a finals against arguably, and now definitively, according to math, which I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not that guy the best team of all time, why change it all up? I don't know. It, it was a really interesting kind of Louisville team that we came into the match, and it was a team that had a, a lion's share of the possession at 64%, but it just it didn't seem like they had uh, basically the same quality of shots that they were going up against with the San Antonio team, who did an excellent job at just knowing how to kind of counter this Louisville uh, setup. And I think – like to even start the match and have to already concede a penalty. I think that really, it just kind of threw off their initial game plan. They did save the penalty to start, but it just, it made it kind of more challenging. And then to obviously have to give up a goal right at halftime. It just really, it's almost one of those that the manager would have to go into the uh, halftime locker room and basically tear up his notes and try and build a new game plan for the second half. I mean, San Antonio, San Antonio done this one. Yeah, Ooh. no doubt. Yes. Yeah, I mean, San Antonio, absolutely San Antonioed. 
Um, I mean, you mentioned the lion's share of possession. Honestly, if you, whenever you watch the game, though, I would have thought it was the other way. There was a couple of times I had to go and look at the stats because I genuinely thought that San Antonio was dominating possession because they kept Louisville in their own half. A lot of that possession stat came whenever San Antonio was just kicking the ball out of bounds and, you know, they were having to wait to get the ball back on the end line, especially in that first half. I mean, San Antonio was just dominating all of the pace of the play. Don't get me wrong. Louisville City had their fair share of chances, but San Antonio just, I mean, frankly, uh, gave them the business. Um, I, I Look, we've talked to Mitchell Tainer. He's a good guy. That entire team is a bunch of great people, but we, we need to talk about that first pin. That was yeah. that was the worst penalty I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, Worse than Chicharito? I think so. At least Chicharitos would have gone in if <laughs> if if the keeper dived. But... Worse than Capas? Uh, he's a keeper, though, right? Like that's like one of the he's taking yeah. the last. I, I it would have been better, I think, if if he skied it. Even because it's at least it had power, but he just completely missed. <laughs> I mean, San Antonio has not been good at penalties this year, which for a team that does everything well, they have also they have not scored directly from a free kick. They've had a couple of set piece goals. Um, I don't know if technically their second goal counts as a set piece goal because it was. A uh, set piece to a header to a to a goal, or to an assist to a goal. I don't know how they break all that down, but they still haven't scored directly from a set piece or from a free kick. And then they have just struggled with penalties. And if you think anybody was going to step up and slot it away, it was from my personal MVP of the season, Mitchell Tainter. You would think that he would square it away. And you know, if you're kind of loose city, you're kind of watching this match and you see Tainer go wide. If you're Louisville City, you're thinking, man, this is our chance. Like, we're going to win this. The MVP just missed it, just way wide. And you're also kind of sitting there thinking, you know, if that was Sean Tosh, you know, he'd probably be our center back would have made that. Our center back would have done it. It, it gives you a little bit of confidence as a fan, and then the mentality monsters decide to crush that instantly and just did not let off the gas. It's like the missed penalty never even happened. You can even tell by the way they were playing that it that they missed. This is like the opposite. Tampa Bay had an early penalty. It was saved, and then the, the air deflated out of the stadium and OC boom. San Antonio to just keep doing San Antonio things. Um, and I, I, again, the stats for San Antonio crack me up because, again, for another week in a row, they have less completed passes than minutes played. Um, and so if you look at some of these stats, you're like, Louisville completely did what they wanted to do. But San Antonio, for some reason, just knows how to play that game. And they had the best chances. They had multiple chances that were, like, high-quality uh, a dinner run hits the woodwork, which I thought was just like a sign of, all right, they missed the penalty, but as soon as that ball hit, I'm like, they're they're going to score a goal. They're gonna, one is definitely coming. 
it just took a lot longer than I thought it would for San Antonio to score. Um, and, and give credit to Louisville for not ever like feeling like they were beaten um, in the sense that they kept fighting and kept trying to play. But there was there was no way Louisville, Louisville City uh, was winning this winning this match the way that San Antonio was playing. Um, and this is what has terrified teams in the West this year with San Antonio. Um, they're just a really tough team to play. And once they get the lead, they're even more, more challenging. Like once they're in front, like you got to score first and Louisville just never looked like they were going to be the team to do that. I mean, from the first half, you had just six shots or you had six shots from San Antonio to one shot from Louisville. And I want to formally apologize to all San Antonio fans for any slander. Uh, I did it for the love. For, I did it for the love of the uh, prediction game, trying to get some points because everybody was picking San Antonio. I believed in you guys the whole time. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. This was one of the situations that. Again, I don't want to take away from San Antonio's win because they dominated. But so much of the storyline to me still has to be that Louisville City changed how they played entirely. Now, was this based off of injuries? Yes, there were injuries coming into this match. That's the, that's kind of the downside of end-of-the-season tournaments. Everybody's hurt. That's what happens. But that said with as deep of a roster that they have, they have one of the biggest, if not the biggest roster in the USL. Why do they not have enough players to play their system? Right. It, and I understand that a red card in the last match does you in a little bit, uh, an alleged injury to Wilson Harris does you in a little bit. A guy who scores 15 goals can't start. That's not great, but even so, it just felt so different. They were trying their best just to send that ball up to their target forward, which was Cameron Lancaster. And, you know, years past, it's worked. It's had the old vibe of, screw it, Cameron's down there somewhere. And that's great, except he only played, what, 200 minutes this year? He... <laughs> He hasn't even played as many minutes as some of the people in Louisville have played in the last two weeks. I mean, that's just, you can't, you can't change it all up and then just try to cross the ball in. And yes, crossing the ball as has been how people have beaten San Antonio this year, like getting, getting out wide, crossing the ball in and causing some chaos in the box is how people have beat San Antonio this year. That said, the way Louisville City went about it was trying to counterattack a counterattacking team, the best counterattacking team. It it was never going to work. And I I just wish I knew what Danny Cruz was thinking when going into this. But I think uh I think John hit it up when uh, we were earlier in the season we were talking about how to beat Louisville, and that was guys who were able to be that target guy and, and beat them with speed. And I think that San Antonio, if Louisville wanted to play the dump it forward and, and knock it down 
game, I think you're playing the San Antonio's hands with that because San Antonio does that and they do it like that's their DNA. Right. And it's like, it's like the Batman and Bane scenario, right? Like Louisville was like, we've trained in the dark and San Antonio was like, we were born in the dark. Like you set our own game, even our, it's uh, all black. So um, that speaks to like one of those games. I mean, it was enjoyable that Louisville did put a fight and it was enjoyable. San Antonio really taking it to a Louisville hanging around, like maybe like a little brother kind of deal. And they get a goal at the end on, on, I wouldn't call it a foul. I don't think it was a foul. I think it was just kind of a lucky bounce that landed to the right guy and they put it in. Um, but a consolation goal, garbage time goal, if you will, and a, and a well-deserved championship for San Antonio who really played well down the stretch. And they played like Orange County did last year, right? They were just unbeatable when it when it mattered and there it comes out of defense and if we want to talk about this high-flying offensive style that i think a lot of people like to watch that may not may not ever win you a championship in usl the way it's being played right now because it probably means you give up too many goals and one thing that usl ponies always talked about is you know there aren't teams that give up tons of goals that win championships in the usl and i think this just reinforces that yeah reinforces that really strong at the back and guys who can put the ball in the net once or twice is all you need, right? You had Damas last year, you had a dinner on and Patino this year for San Antonio. I think that recipe works in a single elimination playoff match. I want to talk about uh, Louisville's goal for a quick sec. I mean, you just said probably not a foul. I didn't think it was a foul in real time. And I understand that nobody was, or there was not a goalkeeper in net, but what a finish by Brian Ombi, by the way. I mean, that was – I mean, if it was any lower, that ball is being headed by, I think, Mitchell Tainer. If it was any higher, it's over the bar. Maybe he could have put it on, you know, far post, near post. But there were people there too. That was one heck of a finish for a consolation goal. There was a moment that I saw that ball going to the back of the net, and I was like, I think Louisville might do it. Because it just felt like one of those goals that it just broke the right way and maybe the dam would open. I mean, the last three USL finals we've had have ended in score lines of three to one. And Louisville now finds themselves with uh, the title of two-time runner-ups for USL alongside Harrisburg City Islanders and Swope Park Rangers. It's just... Uh, like the two previous finals that they had won, both were kind of drawn, were nil-nil at half. And I feel like that they were trying to get to halftime, just survive the first half and just kind of get used to the game. And the longer it's getting drawn out, the more likely you can get a fluke goal and find the in the back of the net and really put San Antonio on the back foot. But like we had mentioned before, once San Antonio got that first goal, it just seemed like, okay, it's going to be a much more uphill battle for Louisville City. And then once you saw them concede the second. It was like, this is kind of inevitably going to be over. Yeah. And now correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm desperately trying to remember the first penalty. Now the penalty that was scored, that was Patino, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and that, um, are we all in agreement that that was a penalty? Are we all, or is anybody against it? It's hard. Because the thing that's really difficult about it, the way that I understand the 
the letter of the law, whatever that means. I hear pundits say it, so I feel like I should too. Um, is that the ball bounce takes as a bounce takes a bounce and the player does not have enough time to react to move his arm. I've seen it happen before where the ball deflects off of a leg and then it hits a player in the arm or in the hand. And it's like, he didn't have time to deflect and to move his arm. Can you make that same judgment in this position? I think maybe, but it becomes really hard the moment that your hand is directly in front of the head when the person is clearly going for a header. I, I, th- I think that there can be an argument, but I don't think it stands very well when it comes to just passing the sniff test to me. I think the concern that always arises with penalty calls, in, especially in a final, is that you don't want a penalty to define the final and – it's just really a difficult situation for to put a ref in. And I think like it's fair once you kind of given the call, and especially if San Antonio was able to tack on two more goals. But if that was the only goal, you don't want to ha- be the ref who basically gave someone a title had that been the one penalty converted that they had. No doubt. And, and, and on the flip side, like if it's a penalty and you don't give it and it goes the other way, I think – that's what makes refereeing so difficult is you don't know the outcome of the decision until like the very end. And you can be like, or you can be like, uh Oh, um, this was a tough one. Like I try to give the defenders the benefit of the doubt, like defenders have arms and they must go somewhere. Um, I, I think the issue is I think if he was, if they were out, like he's trying to jump, like, I think it's different than like the above the head thing. I think that's where he gets in trouble is they're above the shoulders. Um, Really hard time. The indirect slightly out. Uh, I thought they made a really smart call with the guys. Uh, the hand was on the ground and the ball. Um, I thought they made a really good call about not. It's tough because it does. It, it could possibly um, break up a play where a goal scoring opportunity exists. Header down. Um, so this was a really tough one. I think um, I probably, if I was a San Antonio fan, would have been livid if it was, uh, wasn't was called. And if I'm a Louisville and I'm pleading with the referee because it's not really intentional, in defenders, when your arms are above your head, I think you're going you're gonna to walk in trouble. Yeah, the one thing I wanted to mention with the Patino penalty, and this is in – uh, just on the other side of Mitchell Tainer's penalty. The big thing for me there was, I mean, Patino takes penalties like he hates the ball. I mean, that ball I thought was going to rip the net. And, you know, Mitchell Tainer, he tried to place it, and we see the danger with that. You you scuff the ground a little bit. Your foot doesn't plant as well as you want. You open up the body too much, and it goes as wide as I've seen a penalty go. Meanwhile, Patino had this idea, how about I just try to smash it as hard as I can because you have one of two options happening there. If keeper saves it, you know, if he gets a hand to it, maybe the ball still goes into the back of the net because you tried to kill it. Um, or you have the other option, which is the keeper saves it, but you know, you're getting a rebound because you hit it so hard. 
Um, it just feels like to me that's the way to go. Trying to carefully place the ball, especially in a high pressure situation like the third minute of a final. <laughs> It feels like that one has the most room for error. Um, but I do, before we get, uh, before we stop talking about the match, we need to talk about San Antonio's third goal. Oh my yeah. God. It was world class. <laughs> Wait, that's it's pretty average. I mean, I've seen that guy do that. I mean, it was, I, do, I, I, I could probably do that in FIFA, yeah. maybe. I did, <laughs> I did that in my rec league yesterday. So. <laughs> yeah, didn't you get like a hat trick hero? I did, but not yesterday. <laughs> um, I have personally spun around a few times. I got really dizzy, and I never did it again. Um, that was not with the ball, though. Um, <laughs> just everything about it. The the one downside was the camera just started filming Danny Cruz's back in the middle of it. <laughs> I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Too many Whoa. cameras in the setup. Too many there, angles. Sometimes there are just too many angles, but that I mean, it was an incredible goal, and it was just an awesome moment because you know the San Antonio crowd. It was just the we're winning, we're going to win. Um, because I feel like even the second goal, which I've seen a little bit of heat come to the Louisville keeper, which probably shouldn't have got, probably should have gotten a red card. Um, during the match, too, if we're being brutally honest. Um, you know, he caught a little bit of heat of that header went in, and I know it's easier for me to be an armchair goal- goalie and just be like, we'll just dive, idiot. But also, it is a final, and he kind of just watched the ball float into the corner. And I know, again, easier said than done, reaction times, who knows who did or didn't screen him or whatever, but it was not a good look for him. And then seeing in that last goal, just Patino going five hole on him after just one of the craziest dribbles I've seen in a finals ever. It incredible stuff. You almost wish that Louisville didn't get the constellation goal. Like if that was the goal that sealed it for them, and like you had mentioned as well, that was like the moment in the mass that it felt like, okay, they're going to do this. You're up 3-0. And it's like you could start telling the audience and just everyone there was getting excited and ready. And if that was the goal that basically was the peak of the match, it would have been an, a fantastic send-off. Yeah, I mean, uh the end of the match, I did think that it was really funny. The The like three pitch invaders that came through um pitch invaders came through uh on the interview uh i think it was jordan far uh security just starts screaming in the middle of the interview he's having to answer back and while the interview is happening which was pretty peak usl seeing a person getting interviewed and screaming uh, with or at a security member as it was all going on if that wasn't the best representation of my league, I don't want anything else being put on the SBN. <laughs> I was shocked there wasn't uh, potentially more because I think we had a USL final. It was 2017 for the first one with Louisville. There was a pitch invasion in yes. that match, if I recall. There was because our good friend uh, Benton, uh, he got he invaded the pitch. He was a part of it. Um, so, yeah, that was 2017. 
Um, look, do we have any other thoughts on the USL championship final? Uh, Jordan Farr is really good at goalkeeping. Mm, hot take. <laughs> He's just the third string keeper. But... Yeah. Um, heard he's all right. Um, honestly, though, Jordan Farr is legitimately one of the nicest people I've met. You know, I got a chance to meet a lot of people behind the goal this year. Um, some of the, some keepers were really nice. Some people were out there just to obviously do their job, um, and they were not very chatty before or after. You know, it is what it is. Jordan Farr, when uh, Legion had played San Antonio, he every single break and every single time San Antonio just had it in the attacking third or even just at the mid, you know, midfield line, he was just over there talking to us behind the goal, just asking us questions about the season, about everything, and just being a real homie. Um, there was a couple times I got a video of a save, and he was like, "Can you send that to me later?" And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I got you. Like, it's all good." legitimately one of the nicest people and I found myself just so happy for him uh, seeing him celebrate with the fans afterwards, especially since he was considering retirement and all that kind of stuff. Really cool to see um, the post-game interviews. So, um, anybody else, any final, final thoughts on the USL championship final? No? Okay. So, I want to go ahead and now that we're kind of halfway through, I want to talk about the year that was. We've had one heck of a season here at the USL show. And while the season's ending, we still have episodes planned. Guess what? We have an episode coming out next week. Can't get rid of us that easily. Um, but, you know, we do have plans that are on the way. In the top of the description of this, um, there will be our Google form. And it's takes you three minutes to fill out um five to ten if you want to include additional comments but if you just want to fill out the multiple choice part three minutes and it's going to be talking about what shows you might want to see added some shows that might be coming back some shows uh or some changes to this show um just a whole lot of stuff that deals with that kind of thing um speaking of other shows kit season is back um, as we are taping this 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, if you're watching this or listening to this on podcast platform or you're watching on Goals uh, TV, it very well may, may be out right now. So go ahead and check out the YouTube channel. Check out the uh, kit season return. Um, if Gia, correct me if I'm wrong, but it is all of the U.S. national teams, uh, when, women's and men's, right? Yes, it is our top five U.S. men's national team or women's national teams uh, jerseys of all time. Beautiful. So we're going to have the form linked in there. So we want to get as, from as many people as possible. Um, but I do want to just ask. I mean, this was been a this has been a fun season seeing a whole lot of teams win a whole lot of things, seeing Tormenta do the double, seeing San Antonio go do regular season and then do onto the final, uh, seeing the Fusion out in California get their, uh, get the League 2 crown and now gets a chance to take on a Bundesliga side um, when Hamburg uh, tomorrow or in a couple of days as well, along with uh, Orange County SC, but I mean, Fusion also gets a chance to do it. It's 
been an awesome season uh, for us here just to watch. Um, so I'm going to kind of go around the horn. Alan, you first, um, either on the show or watching uh, Loyal or both. What's been your favorite moment of the year? I don't know. Favorite moment of the year. Um, oof. I think probably watching Evan Conway uh, really do, do well coming from League One up to Championship. And most notably, I think it's like number four for Loyal's highlights. But the, the game winner he had against Orange County uh, was a really nice moment for him where he just absolutely blew the ball. I really like seeing uh, these guys. Um, to you know, competitors in the in the championship, uh, but I probably on top the 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 coolest part was interviewing Jack Metcalf after he announced his retirement. I think was another really cool moment. He's a quality dude, and now he's folks um, as a um, what are those people called agent uh, and really guiding young really guiding young players. Uh, to avoid a lot of the pitfalls he had and his knowledge of uh, the lower league in American soccer, I think is really going to benefit a lot of young players, uh, but getting a chance to develop that relationship and, and kind of saying goodbye and good luck to him was a really nice moment for, for uh, a few of us who had the opportunity at the game. So I cheated. I had two. That's fine. You can have as few or as many as you want. I mean, this is probably going to be a shorter episode today, so we can ramble as much as we want. Do what I do and just keep talking until we hit an hour 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> Ryan, well, how about some favorite moments for you, man? I have to say what really kind of sums up a lot of USL and just the passion that surrounds this league was Sacramento Republic's Open Cup run. And like it peaked in that semifinal penalty shootout win they had over SKC that it just – like everyone like just came together across us soccer or at least in lower division soccer and like got behind sacramento republic and said this is just the passion that surrounds the league and that there's a lot of talent across the country that can show that they can go head to head against mls teams when called upon and it's just a really great opportunity to really showcase usl on a good stage within us soccer and who knows until the next time we'll get another uh USL championship or league one team in the final. And it's just even to have good results from uh, Omaha and Northern Colorado in USL league one and the uh, US open cup, it was just really a great display for the league. No doubt. That was a fun one. And uh, I'm surprised you didn't go with Wilmington uh, being announced. I did get an email talking about uh, just their survey stuff for, um, initial things so there are at least uh things moving in the background i've heard that's awesome i love that i love that mm -hmm. geo that's some fair oh, moments for you. i can go on and on um greenville hosting charlotte fc was a big one for me uh, although we lost in overtime seeing as many people in the stadium as loud as it got when jake keegan scored and taking them to overtime uh, was was awesome to see and um, the Open Cup run for Omaha, as much as I banter with them over there, uh, I found myself cheering for them and celebrating their goals in the Open Cup against Chicago. And, and you know, get, that run that they made was, was awesome. And um, I was happy to see a lot of League One teams step it up and, and do well. And for USL to finally have some, you know, some representation also and get some respect 
um, in general was great. Um, w League was amazing. I loved what the Liberty was doing. Uh, I'm excited what Aurora is going to do, possibly in the NWSL. Who knows uh, what happens there? But it's exciting, and it only it's only going to get better. Um, but it was great seeing young talent. Um, I know Indy had a young teenager. Greenville had a lot of college girls and girls that aren't in college anymore that got the opportunity to showcase uh, what they have, and that's really exciting. Um, and I'm proud of this just being on the show with you guys. I don't think I would have got this dream job if it wasn't for all of you guys and all the people that have been along the way. Uh, I've had more congratulations from rival fans than I have my own friends. And that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's saying something. That's something special that, you know, I, I've been really humbled by it and just excited. And I feel like I, I had the confidence to go for it because I feel like I belong now being able to talk about just the league and getting that respect from peers. And it's something special. And I'll, I'm always so grateful for all you guys and this whole community that we've helped create. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a really special year, um, you know, kind of taking over. Obviously, Alan and Ryan have come from the, the previous regime, the 1.5, the 1.0, whatever you want to call it, um, with, you know, the Phils and Evans and, you know, all those guys. Um, look, it it's been a lot of fun to see how this has grown and see how this has changed. Um Jesus, uh, welcome to the show, by the way, in the YouTube chat. I'm in my truck. This has been a thing for the last, like, two months. Um, maybe longer than that. I wasn't always here, but I'm here now, and it's fine. <laughs> but, honestly, I have so many fun moments from this year. Um, and some that were not fun, and that makes me, like... I was happy that it happened, but it was like a cool moment. Um, this year, uh, the Tormenta uh, 2 player passed away um, in the car accident. Um, I'm blanking on his name off the top of my head now. Carter, but, I think Payne. Yes, I think you're right. Um, and then the W League Tormenta team went on a run, and they put his jersey up during the run. And then the Tormenta first team goes out and wins the wins league one and seeing everybody doing the same celebrations as each other and celebrating with the Academy people watching that from afar with Tormenta was just, it was beautiful. It was just incredible to watch seeing the Academy, the league two, the W league and the uh, first team all just be that connected was amazing. Um, going on. I had my moment, my couple weeks or a month of traveling where I went out to Mississippi to film the Bria uh, for USL uh, away days, uh, the, that whole show, and then doing some away days with uh, Charleston and then Lou City um, was just incredible. It was so much fun just to go into those different places and be recognized with this show was kind of wild. Um, and then, I mean, even though we lost the the Legion Pittsburgh game was incredible seeing all those fans behind the goal. And then when everybody lost their mind, when Trevor saved the second penalty and we started to believe again, that was an incredible, incredible moment. Um, 
just what uh, the Minnesota Aurora were able to do, pulling as many fans with W League as they did, seeing uh, Liberty, what they were doing um, with fans, and so much more with Indy, what they did was incredible to watch. Um, but honestly, my favorite stuff that we've seen this year, I mean, hey, Phil became a dad. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, that's obviously why he's not here, because he's being a good father and whatever. Um you know, John graduated from college this year, which congratulations to him. Dude was double majoring on top of doing everything he does in the USL community. Um, go to sleep, John. I know you said you listen to this in the morning. Go to bed. Go to bed. Um, I, <laughs> And then, you know, having guys like Tyler join, having Gio join, um, it's been so much fun seeing what we've been able to do in this community. Um, try to build it and to be bigger and better and whatever else we can do. Kit sees in the short show, which, you know, we have other ideas coming for the short show if we can bring that back and so on and so forth. But this year has just been special. And I, there's been a lot of long nights, a whole lot of uh, tiring stuff, you know, just kind of to get stuff done. But I wouldn't trade for anything. It was an incredible run. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, does anybody else have any thoughts on the year that was, or uh, whether it be the USL season or the USL the USL show season? No, no. Okay. Well, in that case, like I said, check out the Google form, fill it out. Please do. Um, we're taking a lot of this feedback very, very seriously. Um, we're looking to add networks for either uh, W League, League One, or League Two. Um, a little caveat, W League show would likely include a, a Super League show because they are two different calendars. The W League is in the summer, and the Super League is the European calendar. They would likely merge into one thing. I should have clarified that at one point, but I didn't. Um and so we can talk about all that later, but we're all we're all working on that. Um, Robert, I did not win Golden Gloves this last time, I promise. But gold, it should be two. It should be two. I'm not getting over it. They don't wear just one. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, fill that out. Check out Kit Season. Check out the USL Tactics show. John just put out some really cool stuff. It's on the YouTube channel. It's on the Twitter. Um, check that out. Um, and how about some final thoughts for the night? Alan, final thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm just going to say uh, be engaged at the local level. Uh, we just had an election and continue to be engaged with that. Um, support local everything and um find a local uh, artist to support it's off season now so there's not as much local soccer going on so support a local artist a musician um anybody you can support in your local community is great get out there and and find ways to connect um i know probably people are doing toy drives and turkey drives and all that stuff so uh good luck to those supporters who are doing that as well ryan 
uh, Andor has two more episodes left in their very fantastic uh, first season with the next one uh, tomorrow, which I'm excited to see how it uh, kind of goes towards uh, conclusion and it just continues to get better each episode. So if you haven't watched it, definitely uh, check it out. Beautiful, beautiful. Gia? I just want to reiterate how thankful I am. You know, it's been something I've been praying for with my family and getting to to live my dream and work with the club I love is special. And I, again, I couldn't have done it without all of you guys and all the support I had has been amazing. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to continue to be on here, uh, whatever way that may look, depending on what the team allows. Um, but but uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be around. And I'm just excited for the future of the show and for my career and what, what we could all do together. Beautiful. I love that. Um, yeah, once again, thank you. Like I said, hey, we're not done quite yet with uh, the shows. We have more stuff coming out next week and working on some stuff in a couple of weeks. We have content still planned. Is it going to slow down and probably be closer to once every two weeks? Probably. Um, we cannot keep up the same pace. There's just not enough to talk about. We can make it up, but we're, we'll run out of ideas eventually. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been so fun to watch four championships next year. It's going to be five. Wow. Um, super stoked for that. And, uh, let's see, I've been doing pieces of music. Uh, my alma mater, it's not really an alma mater. I still go there, but I'm not there right now. It's weird. Um, they're playing a uh, Shasti five Shostakovich five. Um, so check out that. Um, I think I've given that recommendation before. And if you've been following along with those, how about another Shostakovich piece, which is uh, Shasti 8, Shostakovich 8 uh, Symphony. Um, it's good stuff, good writing, um, just a pleasant listen. So, And you have plenty of time considering this one only went to about 47 minutes, which is a whole 30 minutes shorter than normal which is still about two hours shorter than the USL uh, one pr uh, preview show. Oh, <laughs> just a few more months, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I could do a whole show right now, but we're not going to do it. <laughs> Love. Let's not. Let's not. That's mine. Um, thank you guys so much for the wonderful season. Thank you so much for all the support. And for the last time of this USL season, Q Allen's voice. Thank you for watching another episode of the USL Show. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find podcasts and other written work at bgn.fm. Once again, thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you guys again next week.